family matters. And I just want to remind you of that because next Sunday is Mother's Day and we have had the tradition over the last couple of years that Mother's Day is Family Day. And so let me encourage you. You're going to hear this again at the end of the service, but let me encourage you to get your whole family here. Encourage your neighbors to come in order to honor the mothers. Have them bring their mother, the whole family, uh, and get together for, for Family Day next week on Mother's Day. It's a very, it's a very important time. So last week we talked about family matters. This week we're talking about friends matter. Friends matter. If you didn't figure that out from the introduction, that's, that's why we used friends as a part of our video. I'm trying to figure out why it still says family matters instead of friends matter, but that's okay. Um, we're talking about friends today. And Sam, I have about 3,000 friends on Facebook. And Brenda looks at me and says, do you know all those people? Well, yeah, but the truth is, Shelley, they're not friends. They're acquaintances. She will ask me, well, how do you know this person? And I can say, well, they were at a church where I did a meeting, or they came to the World Mission Seminar, or, you know, somehow I met them. But Eric, they're not really friends, they're acquaintances. And one of the problems with Facebook is we've destroyed the intimacy that is involved, Charlotte, in really knowing somebody. Because the idea of a friend is somebody who is a companion. Now, in fact, if you think about uh, those of you, I realize And they're thinking, why did Brother Lynn play that? Well, though they were friends, mostly because they spent time together. They got to know one another. They, they even, Rebecca, they fought. They argued, but they made up. By the way, if you can't disagree with someone reasonably, you are not friends. That, that's a part of friendship in thought as preachers that preachers, pastors cannot have friends because other people in the church will be jealous. As a result of that, the statistics is that 70% of people in ministry do not have anyone they consider a real friend. And that is one of the predictors of failure in ministry. Listen, Everybody needs friends. Friends matter. Even Jesus had friends. If you think about it, he had 12 apostles, but Peter, James, and John were the inner circle apostles. And so he had friends. It says of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, that they were Jesus' friends. Everybody needs friends. Friends matter. One of the greatest examples of friendship in the Bible is David 
and Jonathan. And that will be our text for today, the relationship between David and Jonathan. Now, I will tell you, we started off with that that nice thing. Well, it started off today with James Brown and I feel good. But um, I wonder how many people in here are really old enough to remember James Brown and his band of renown. But um, we started off with that and and it's been really upbeat and, and I have an upbeat message for you today. But I will tell you that the text today is very somber because it is the funeral, the obituary message poem that David wrote for his son, Jonathan. Now, in our second trip to Israel, Charles, we had a Jewish tour guide and I asked him about that poem. He said, oh, you mean the song of the bow? And he quoted the song in Hebrew. And I was like, wow, that was beautiful. Hearing it, Hebrew poetry from the mouth of a Jew, a poem that they are all required to memorize in their schooling. And that's what you're going to hear today. Walter's going to read it in Hebrew. commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is known as the Song of the Bow. It is recorded in the book of Jashar. Your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice, and the pagans will triumph, will laugh in triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields, producing offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul. For he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. Wow, do you get the sense of the depth of friendship between David and Jonathan? One of the things, Gail, that I see in that poem, that obituary, if you will, to honor Jonathan and Saul, are some of the characteristics of friendship. That's what I want to look at today. 
The, the first of those is mutual admiration. Mutual admiration. When he says, your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills, he's talking about how much he admired Jonathan. And in fact, the term in Hebrew, uh, your pride, is, it says pride and joy, and it is your glory, your glory, O Israel, lies dead on the mount, on Mount Gilboa. Oddly enough, Kelly, the word for glory is also the word for gazelle. And so some translations actually say, your gazelle, O Israel, lies dead on the mountains. But it's, it's a play on words because of the gracefulness and the beauty of a gazelle in flight, running. And it, it means your glory. The best thing in Israel, as far as David was concerned, was Jonathan. Who is the person in your life that you most admire and at the same time consider a friend? Mutual admiration. Your pride and joy, O Israel. How the mighty heroes have fallen. The truth is, both David and Jonathan admired one another. Now, I need to say this up front. I don't think he even remembered Tony to put it in my notes. But friendship is always a two-way street. It has to be mutual. Being in ministry, I know that there are a lot of people that I consider friends that our relationship is pretty much one way. I am ministering to you, and there's not necessarily friendship coming back. On the other hand, I minister to other ministers. I am their mentor, and they would say, Mike, that I am their mentor, but they might be hesitant to call me their friend. And even when Todd came, I said to him, listen, whether you realize it or not, you are my best friend. And he struggled with that. He said, well, I've already always looked at you like a father figure. <laughs> Thanks. Can we be friends? <laughs> but friendship, understand, when you pursue a friendship with someone and they do not reciprocate, then the level of the friendship is what they choose and you choose for the level of the friendship to be. And David and Jonathan admired one another. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. Now, it might help us, Kim, to understand... Well, both of you, now you're in your separate rows again. I, I got a kick out of that week to week. But you might understand that better if you realize that David has just slain Goliath. He is a hero at that moment. Jonathan had been the greatest hero in the land, and I can show you chapter and verse for that. 
but now it is David. And rather than being jealous, Don, he, they admire one another. That's what real friendship is about. Mutual admiration. Gary Smalley put together a list of the levels of friendship. And I would do you a disservice if I didn't share this idea with you. Um, he gave five levels of friendship. Level one is cliche. That is, how about those hogs? How's the weather? Did you hear about? It's, it's cliches. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pick on Corey too badly. I said his usual phrase this morning because he... He didn't say it. I said, how are you? And he almost always say it, says, better than I deserve. He didn't say that this morning, so I did. And he, he realized that he had missed it. <laughs> Cliches. Some people, when they say, how are you? They really don't want to know. And if you tell them, you'll find out. They really don't want to know. Clichés, just shallow friendship, really acquaintances. And then there's level two, facts. How old are you? How many kids do you have? Where did you go to school? Just facts. That's one step above clichés, just facts. You, you know how many children I have. You may know where they live. You may know where I'm from. You may be mad at me because it's Alabama. But, right, Alice? <laughs> Alice was one of the reasons I got rid of my Alabama. No, it wasn't Alice. I'm sorry. It was wrong sister. It was Charlotte. I'm sorry, Alice. It was her. Oh, then we get to level three. Opinions. I can actually share with you, and you're willing to share with me what you really think. That can be dangerous today. By the way, can I say, this is a bit early, but I need to say it somewhere in the message. If you're really friends, you can differ in your opinions and still be friends. If you cannot differ with someone in opinion and get along, you're never going to be friends with anybody. Not really. Because none of us will ever totally agree on everything. One of my friends said, if two people agree on everything, one of them is redundant. <laughs> Opinions, level three. Level four is a little more rare. You can share your feelings. I'm grieving. I'm really disappointed. I'm afraid. By the way, men, you'll get along with your wife a lot better if you can learn to say those things. Women have, most women have very little trouble expressing their feelings. Most men struggle with that. If you want to deepen your marriage, get to the level where you can honestly share your feelings. And I'm not just talking about anger. Men are good at expressing anger. Golly, ladies, 
No, not a single one of you said amen. You missed it, man. You, you won't get that chance again. Feelings. Level five. Level five is a very rare friendship, and it is where you can share your deepest needs. Some people go their entire life and never have a level five friendship. And if you do have someone with whom you are such a friend, now I need to say this, same gender friend. You don't go to this level of friendship with someone of the opposite sex unless you're married to them. Don't do that. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. You need a same gender friend with whom you can share your deepest needs. You, listen, you can't be real friends, though, with someone that you do not respect and you do not admire. You cannot be friends unless there is a mutual admiration. It also says that their souls were bound together. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Their souls were bound together. They were bound together like brothers. How many of you have seen the series Band of Brothers? Okay. Mostly men. And that's good. Men, if you have not seen that series, uh, it's a follow-up to Saving Private Ryan, Band of Brothers. And there is something about men who have gone through battle together, men who've gone through difficulty together, even if it's on the basketball court, Don, or the football field. Men who've been through difficulty together form a bond. That's what Shakespeare was talking about. Um, when in, about Crispian. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. There's something about a bond of friendship when you go through things together. Listen to me. Everyone needs friends. And friends matter. The second thing that I think about when I think about friendship from this passage that Walter read in English is selfless commitment. Selfless commitment. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David saying, May the Lord destroy all of your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again. Notice again, it is a mutual commitment to one another. It's not just Jonathan committed to David or David committed to Jonathan. It is a mutual commitment. Friendship must be a two-way street. In this, I want you to notice that selflessness of generosity. It says that Jonathan sealed the pack by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, 
and belt. Have you ever heard the phrase, he would give you the shirt off of his back? And that's exactly, I don't know, Jonathan, if that's where, oh, Jonathan. I don't know if that came from Jonathan or, or not, but that is a saying, and we recognize that. Generosity is one of the characteristics of real friendship. So is protection. Tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. I'm ready to help you do anything for you that I can. And I want you to notice it came at a price for Jonathan because he represented David to Saul, his father, who was jealous of David and hated David so much so that Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan intending to kill his own son. So at last Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Jonathan risked his life for David. A real friend is selfless. Not jealous, selfless. And will risk his own welfare to protect a friend. Another characteristic of friendship is strength. In the bow, he says, the bow of Jonathan was powerful and the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. Jonathan was a man of strength and he strengthened his friend. That's what friends do. Friends make you better. Friends make you stronger. They do not weaken you. They make you better. Jonathan went to find David. This is while David was fleeing from Saul. By the way, it, it, it says that Saul could not find him. He's looking for him and he cannot find him. Jonathan went to found David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. I said to you in the sermon I preached on a Sunday night last August, and no, I don't expect you to remember that. Shelley said, if you can preach that one again, nobody will remember that you preached it. Thanks, Shelley. <laughs> She's right. But I said in that message, Pam, that a real friend knows where you are, even when nobody else understands. They know where you are, where you are and what you're going through. And they come to encourage you. So Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Um, show my age, but the other song I thought about is the Beatles song, I Get By. No, I'm not going to sing it. I get by with a little help from my friends. Uh, besides, Larry, my favorite version of it is the Joe Cocker version of it. And so... I can't do that. Um, friends matter. Friends matter. Then the other thing I see in the bow, the poem that speaks of friendship is friends are a powerful influence. Influence. Friends influence you either for good or for bad. It says, Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid 
Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You're going to be the king of Israel. By the way, the heir to the throne was Jonathan. But he said, you're going to be the king. And I will be next to you. See, there's no competition, Liz, in, in that friendship. You're going to be king. I'll be next to you. And I'm okay with that. As my father Saul is well aware, so the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horish. He was encouraged. He was strengthened. He was influenced by Jonathan. And I want you to understand this. I, I pause when I think about this. He encouraged him, but James, he left him there. He trusted him. He gave him the lesson, Rodney, that he needed. Bregan, he encouraged him and then walked away for David to make his own decisions and grow. And Casey, the thing is, the influence of Jonathan continued after his death. It says, David was now in great danger because all of his men, by the way, this is chapter 30 of 1 Samuel, because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But don't miss this. Keith, this is huge. But David found strength in the Lord his God. You see, Jonathan had encouraged him to find strength in his faith in God. Jonathan, when this is written, is dead on Mount Gilboa, and David doesn't know it. But he, because of the influence of his friend, was able to encourage himself, Rick, in his faith in God. He found strength and the Lord his God. Jonathan's influence lived on after Jonathan had died. Listen, we are greatly influenced by our friends. Benjamin, that means something. Oh, I probably shouldn't have called anybody's name because this is pretty serious business. And I didn't do that because you need... No, I did that because you need to hear this. We all need to hear this because... We, Eric, we're influenced by our friends. We need to be careful who we choose as friends. Amen? We need to be careful who we choose as friends. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be fooled by those who say such things. He's talking about the resurrection, that there is no resurrection. But get this, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, bad friends, bad companions, Mark, corrupt good character. We have to be careful, Tim, who we choose for our friends because of the power of their influence over us. Proverbs says, so follow the steps of the good and stay on the paths of the righteous for only the godly will live in the land. And those with integrity 
will remain in it. In 1320, Proverbs, walk with the wise and become wise. Do you get that? Be careful who you choose as friends because they have a tremendous influence over you. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Young people, yeah, I'm preaching to you too. Be careful who you choose as friends. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Choose your friends very carefully. Don't envy evil people or desire their company. For their hearts plot violence and their words always stir up trouble. Be careful who you choose as friends because companions. You know, we use the term friends so loosely. And what we're really talking about is companions. And there's a word in Spanish that does not exist in English. It's compañeros. Compañeros. The closest thing we have to it is companions. But there is a closeness in that Spanish term that is beyond anything that we have in English. Companions are a powerful influence. You remember the song? How many of you were able to be at Robert Francis' funeral? That's most of the crowd. I was, I was on the other side of the world and could not be here. And Robert was my best friend. He absolutely was. The song was wicked. Glenda's song, Glenda's song from the play Wicked. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason. Bringing something we must learn, and we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them. And we help them in return. See the reciprocity? Mutual. And we help them in return. Well, I don't know if I believe that's true, but I know I am who I am today because I knew you. Who can say if I've been changed for the better? I do believe I've been changed for the better because I knew you. Because I knew you. Because I knew you. I've been changed for good. Wow. I know that I'm better because I knew Robert Francis. And I hope that one day you can say, I know that I'm a better person because I knew Lynn Rayburn and he was my pastor. Who influences you and whom do you influence? Is it for the better? Listen, friends matter. Be a friend. The final thing that I'll point out to you from the song of the bow is deep appreciation. Deep appreciation. Friends appreciate. They don't just admire one another. 
they appreciate one another. It says, friends are a precious treasure. How I weep for you, my brother. Jonathan, oh, how much I loved you. I treasured you. I cherished our friendship. In a real friendship, friends admire one another, but they appreciate each other. Friendship, the bond of friendship will not continue unless there's an appreciation of the friendship. I treasure my friends. Friends are deeply satisfying. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. Now, yeah, some people have taken that and said that's talking about homosexual relationship. It is not. Friendship is sweet. It doesn't matter whether it is men or women. Same gender friendships are deep because we understand each other. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Hasn't been more than 24 hours ago that I told Brenda what I heard her say, and she said, that's not what I said. No, it was the other way around. She said, this is what I heard you say, and I said, that's not what I said. Yeah, but you thought it. <laughs> she's a good wife, but she's a terrible mind reader. <laughs> Men are from Mars, and women are from Venus. Ladies, let me tell you, you need a same-gender friend. You need another woman who is such a deep friend, you can unload on her. Because your husband can't handle all those words. I'm telling the truth with my hand up. You need a girlfriend so that you can use all those words on her and when you get with your husband you give him the bottom line because that Pam that's what he wants give me the bottom line men you need another man with whom you are so close that you can actually talk about how you feel because they'll understand your wife is not going to understand we make jokes about understanding women, but women just aren't verbal about it, Cindy. They have trouble understanding men. Why does he do that? What is he thinking? Men, how many times has your wife asked you, what are you thinking? You seem so quiet. So, what are you thinking? I think I've told you before, but... I started telling Brenda what I was thinking. Listen, when a man is silent and he's thinking, it's like watching TV. He doesn't want to know what's on. He wants to know what else is on. And so he flips channels. And the reason he says nothing when you ask him is because there's no way, Alan, if I'm lying, I'm dying, there's no way he can tell you the sequence of channel changing that he just went to to get from what you said to what he is now thinking. It does not relate to what you said, I promise. And men need close 
male friends because they understand us. Even if we don't talk, one of the closest friends I had in Kenya was a guy who ran with me. You know what we said to each other while we ran? <laughs> friends matter, and you need friends. So what is friendship like? There is admiration. There's selfless commitment. Influence for God and for good. Appreciation. Friends matter. One of the women that I took through the mentoring material said to me, whether I need this kind of friends or not, this kind of friend or not, this is the kind of friend I want to be. What kind of friend are you? What kind of friend do you want to be? I believe in practical preaching, and I hope I've been very practical with you today. But I also believe in practical invitations. And so I'm asking you, would, would you stand together with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Please, everyone close your eyes, nobody looking around. What kind of friend do you want to be? I would ask you, are you willing to make a commitment to be a godly friend as we've described this morning? And how many of you would raise your hand and say, that's the kind of friend, whether I have a friend like that or not, that's the kind of friend I want to be and I will commit to that. Thank you. I see those hands and more and more. You're not making a commitment to me. You're making it to God. Anyone else? Then I want to ask you this. Are you a friend of Jesus? Are you a friend of Jesus? You have a relationship with Him. He is your constant companion. And you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that one day you will spend eternity with Jesus. If you don't know that, I would ask you to meet me at the altar. Come and let's pray together. Let me show you how you can have a friend in Jesus. If you're too shy to come now, meet me in the lobby after the service and say to me, I need to make a friend. I need to have a friend of Jesus. Are your friends companions? How's your relationship, not just with Jesus, but with this church, there are some who need to come for baptism this morning. You've been saved, but you do not have scriptural baptism. Will you come for that? There are some of you who've come back, and I praise God for you. But you need to make that mutual commitment with the church of companionship and service. Some of you just need to move your membership. 
Whatever your need this morning, this is your moment. And I would challenge you to come. Will you come? Will you establish that relationship with Jesus or with His church? Come now. Come now. Father, I thank You for what a friend Jesus is. And I praise You for the friends that You've given me. Lord, help us. Many have committed today to be that kind of friend. Lord, enable them. Enable them. In Jesus' name.